Hello, my name is Ruth Blakely. I'm Caroline Schwabby. And today we are talking about your wine experience and how you experience wine. And we want to talk a little bit first about who we are and why we're here. I'm a wine geek credentialed up the wazoo. Thank goodness for that. So this is really part of my job. Drinking wine is part of my job. It is a hardship. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure it is. (laughs) I'm a server, but, uh, you know, back in the day, um, people used to have lots of wine, used to enjoy a glass of wine with lunch, and now not so much anymore. So many of the businesses just have a zero tolerance policy. So I kind of am a little bit out of the loop with wine tasting, and um, that's why this uh, this is really exciting and fun. And today's topic, for especially for those of us who were like small children when the song was out, we are talking K-Sarah-Shiraz. Oh, yes, Sarah-Shiraz. That's perfect. <laughs> I so love it. They are actually the same grape. And a lot of people don't realize that because the wine can be very different depending on where it's made. Right. So even though it's a Syrah grape and genetically identical, how it is grown and where it is grown has a huge impact on how it tastes, how it smells, how it acts in the bottle, the ageability, all of those uber geeky things that I care about that most people don't. Um, you know, <laughs> We're it's glad a, you care. Well, I care. And then I you care. can help us decide. So, Caroline, what was your first, was your first Syrah actually a Syrah or was your first Syrah actually a Shiraz? It was a Shiraz and I still remember actually quite vividly this, uh, this wine. Um, it was shortly after the embargo was lifted in South Africa, and uh, so my very first Shiraz, Taste of Shiraz, was shortly before Christmas, I think, because I always think about Christmas when I when I taste and drink Shiraz uh, because of that first experience. I, I remember it tasting quite spicy compared to any other red wine I'd ever tried, and I loved it. I loved it. So I'm excited about today. Oh, me too. So I can't remember if I had Syrah or Shiraz first. Probably I had Syrah first, but I don't really know. But I remember the first Shiraz that had uh, a big impression on me. And uh, back in the mid-1990s, the magazine, The Wine Spectator, used to have message boards. And we used to share notes with all of these people all over the world. How long have you been a wine geek? I thought this was sort of... No, it's kind of been for a really long time. Maybe maybe my uncle, who was a wine guy, kind of got me into it a bit. That's wonderful. Well, and now you've got all this background over all these years, too. Exactly, though I'm very young. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Yes, you are. Very young. So, but, But I remember somebody posting a note on the Wine Spectator board about, you know, premium Shiraz from Australia, because when... This was, so this was the 1990s, and a lot of the wine from Australia at that time was bulk wine, right? Super inexpensive. Remember, it was the Aussies who actually invented wine in a box, wine in a bag. and there I re- didn't know that. It was really simple. They wanted to be able to take their wine to the beach. Oh, perfect. Very hard to do when you're using bottles. So mm-hmm. that's where it all came from. So I was, you know, we were we were pretty accustomed to, to inexpensive um 
maybe bulk produced mm-hmm. uh, Australian product. And I had some people say, well, you know, you should try um, the Octavius from Yolumba because it's really quite spectacular. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're at it, go get the E&E black pepper Shiraz. So I did. and what beautiful names. Oh, and those are beautiful wines. Yes. Now, I have not had the Octavius for years, and uh, it's not available everywhere. But the E&E black pepper is, is available in most markets. It's a premium product, you know, so you're looking at about 80 to 90 Canadian dollars, so probably 65 U.S. dollars. Okay. It, it, it is really about marketing as much as anything else. People think that Shiraz... The name Shiraz comes from Persia, modern-day Iran, because the city of Shiraz had grapes. And, you know, 3,000 years ago, they made, sold, and as many as 1,000 years ago exported those, um, those wines. This grape is not that grape. They thought it was. They did the genetic testing. It is not the same grape. This grape did originate in France. But but again, so it's really about the terroir, the land on which it's grown, and the climate, and the grower, and all of those other factors that actually will make them be different. So they are the same. And one of the reasons that we have two, like a, a very classic Australian Barossa Shiraz and a very classic Crozer Hermitage from France, which is a Syrah, um, is because we'll be able to tell the different expressions of the grape. So cooler climate versus warmer climate. Well, let's 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 start with the let's start with our Aussie. Indeed. So this <laughs> let's start with the Aussie. So lovely. This is my favorite part. The lovely tall dark bottle, and this is the Peter Lehman Barossen. So. Even the label's beautiful. It's got sort of an earthy, brown, light brown. Like it didn't, I can't, you're pouring, so I can't quite see it very well. But um, yeah, it's gorgeous. And uh, the color is fantastic. So again, you hold your glass, you tip it against something white, and you can see the color at the edge. And this is purple. I was, you, I'm so glad you said purple. Because I was like, it's downright purple. We are going to take a sniff of this wine. Yes. And, wow, pretty big. I might have to look at that tasting that. Right. So our friends at Wine Folly, which is a wonderful website, you can follow them on Twitter, you can follow them on Instagram, you can subscribe to their everything um, and they have a they're a really wonderful resource for information about wine because they tend to be very accurate which I certainly appreciate and they actually developed something that's called a wine aroma wheel now the wine aroma wheel itself the original one was developed at UC Davis in California but this one they did just for Syrah which is kind of cool because again with a grape like this one which is so different depending on how it's grown there is this huge range of aromas it it is even just what's coming up my nose here is pretty incredible there's uh, I wonder if it's on here I yeah good I sm- I'm I'm getting a little bit of leather Absolutely. And I came up with that before looking at the wheels, so I'm I'm happy about that. So the way that the wheel is divvied up is herbal floral, red fruit, black fruit, dried fruit, earthy other, secondary. So these are the things that you get from the vinification process, and oak. So you'll notice that there's a lot of aromas that come with oak. Now, 
You'll notice also on this particular Syrah wine aroma wheel that the number of black fruits is really high mm-hmm. as opposed to the number of red fruits. Now, right. I'm not getting any red fruit at all. Uh, I, I'm getting a lot of black currant off the nose. I think that that's probably the biggest thing. And something that we also hear often attributed to wines from this area is that they are jammy. So jammy wines were very much in vogue until fairly recently. And um, that trend seems to be going away. So I think with, with the Barossan wines, it, they are an expression, again, of their warm climate, um, the sun that they get. And so I do not have an issue with the fact that they are jammy. I think that that's something to be celebrated. Um, in Australia, you're starting to see some um, growth in areas like Adelaide Hills and Yarra Valley, where it's a little bit cooler because while Syrah, Shiraz, likes to be really hot during the day, it wants, like many of us do, cool a, off at night. Cool off at night. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think that was black. I wanted to say blackberry. I just wasn't. I wasn't. I was distracted by what I was smelling. So, yeah, I got leather and blackberry. And uh, now that I'm looking, there's an acai berry. Acai berry. Is that how you say it? I think so. I've never uh, clearly, mind you, this is the deaf girl that just got her hearing back. So <laughs> maybe I've heard it before, but didn't hear it. So. I don't think anybody really knows how that how that is said. I think it's acai, but I am willing to be corrected on that one. I know what they taste like, and this smells like that too. So it does kind of smell. Let's take a sip. Syrah is an extremely tannic grape. So the grape itself has really thick skin. So a really thick skin grape will actually provide more tannin. Oh, I love it. I do. Uh, I'm just, um, it's pretty forward right now, and I'm going right. to take another sip. To... Right. So I would describe these as firm tannins. Mm. They are firm tannins. So you can have silky tannins, integrated tannins, soft tannins, no tannins. I would say that these are firm, but I don't think that they're offensive. Not at all. I've actually never heard that, that you sort of have different... Uh, Almost like a scale of tannins. Absolutely. How tannic is this wine? And if people are trying to place what tannin actually is, if you've ever had like black tea that's been steeped a little too long and it makes you pucker up a little bit, right? that's also tannin. It's like like that uh, sensation of, uh, it's, it's, I want to say like, a little bit of a furry sensation on the roof of your mouth. If, does that make any sense? Is yeah, it, it's not, it doesn't sound pleasant, but it actually it is a pleasant thing when you're when you're enjoying. It's a little it. drying. Yeah, it's a little drying. I think so. You can get tannins from the skin. You can get tannins from the stems. Now these wines will both have been mostly destemmed. You get tannins from the seeds, and you also get tannins from the oak. So that is the Peter. Lehman Barossan, and it is should be under $25 Canadian, so under 20 US. Um, certainly it will go on sale for less than that, depending on where you are. Um, and for a wine of this quality, that's a very good price. I think that it actually kind of hits that mark pretty well. Uh, also, something that's kind of interesting is I was talking about, you know, marks. So 
this wine is a 90 plus point wine. So what does that mean? You tell me. I don't know what that means. I've always kind of wondered, you know. You walk into a shop. You're going to look for a wine that's got a high point value that doesn't cost as much. Like that's that's what every wine drinker is going to be after. Absolutely. But tell me a little bit about how, how the point system works. So each wine writer, not all of them do, but most of the serious wine writers, most of the ones that people follow, do grade their wine. So a good wine is anything really above, say, 87 points. A very good wine is over 90 points. And a great wine is over 95 points. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some writers like Jancis Robinson from the UK, and she grades out of 20, but that's very unusual. Um, Most of them grade out of 100. And the standing joke in the wine retail trade is that if it scores more than 90, I can't get it. And if it scores less than 90, (laughs) I can't sell it. Oh, man. (laughs) That has has changed a little, blessedly. Um, And both of these wines have scored consistently over 90 points. Now we are going to the Gigal Crows Hermitage. So... Crows Hermitage, what the heck does that mean? Well, Tell we, me, because I don't know. Because in France, they don't talk about the varietal, the type of grape. They talk about the region. Okay. Wine in the old world is very much about a sense of place. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, again, when you stick your nose in the glass, you should be able to smell the region, right? Well, we talked about uh, on the last episode that uh, when you when you have a sip of wine, it's very very easy to just be transported and remember a place or a time, but most often a place uh, when we're enjoying a beautiful bottle. So that's uh, that's the French way. Then <laughs> that is the French way. <laughs> so Gagal is. Um, pretty well known in the Rhone Valley. So the Rhone Valley, south central France, this is from the northern Rhone. So this, um, the Appalachian, Appalachian origine controle. Oh my goodness, I am sorry. Appalachian controle. controle? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> the AOC, the Croce Hermitage AOC is actually fairly large and it's very much smaller neighbor, Hermitage, is some of the most delectable wine of the Rhone Valley. And so you go to Hermitage and then you go to Cote Roti. These wines both come from the Northern Rhone and they are beautiful expressions of Syrah. So Cote Roti, super steep. Like it is amazing to me that anything can grow on how steep it is. And the sun just beams in there and it's in the summer it's very very warm but it cools at night at night uh, i was just gonna ask you it cools at night so so i'm getting a very different nose on this one so where where the peter layman uh shiraz was leather i would call this wet leather like it's just slightly different it's got a <clears throat> i'm getting a little bit of spice and I'm also getting bacon. Bacon? Bacon. Really? Yeah. Or maybe cured meat. <laughs> Probably. That might have been my snack earlier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. Now that you... I love that power of suggestion. I really, really do because it was there in the first place. But until you said bacon, I was like, you smell bacon? Stick my nose back in the glass and here it is. There's a little bit of smoke or that, uh, that, that meaty... 
smoked meat. So, so I also, you know, for the record, I also got blueberries, like some nice blueberries. The color's a little different too, hey? It it's, is. Uh, it's it's less purple and more on the way to burgundy. And the more I swirl this, the more I'm getting. Again, so this yeah. is this is um, under thirty Canadian. So under twenty five U.S. And it has layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of yes, aroma. Yes, I'm having the same experience with the swirling, and then you're getting more and more. And I think I'm just out of practice. <laughs> well, I'm here to help. Um, we were talking Thank about swirling. God. We were talking about swirling. So people sometimes are intimidated by the swirling, yeah. and we swirl to release the aromas, right? The aromas get tied up. So if you are nervous about swirling your wine because you don't want to wear it because, you know, my husband's done that a few times, um, you can actually hold your, your, your glass by the base and just give a little swirl on the table, and it will do the same thing. Which we're doing right now. And then that will release the aroma. Yeah, and then pull it up to your nose. See, and now I'm getting stewed plums. I'm so glad you make these suggestions because now I smell that too. <laughs> I was like, what is that? I, you know, half the time I can smell it. I just can't identify it. Yet. But this but, is part of the thing. You train your nose. Right. I was just going to say, the more the more we practice, right? I think I might get a little better at it. Well, eventually. you're okay. So you've, you're learning how to hear. Yeah, so thank you God. Had, so you had to train your hearing. Yes. So now absolutely. we're training your nose. I love it. So the next time you go into the grocery store, pick up the cilantro and smell it. Yeah, I'll and, do that. And smell the pineapple. And smell the and people will look at you very strangely if you start smelling things, but nah. yeah, I'm kind of used to it. So, truth is, uh, I've always had a really good sense of smell. I just uh, with in terms of wine, uh, I feel like I'm I'm not creative enough to be able to come up with what is that thing that like what name would I give it that that fragrance? So. It's is it reminiscent of? So something else that, that people can do that's really super easy and fun to do at home is literally like open up your spice cabinet. And start And start smelling and go, yeah. okay, well, everybody thinks they know what cinnamon smells like, right? <clears throat> so fine. So you know what cinnamon smells like. Do you really know what cloves smell like? Like, you know what they taste like? Do you know what they smell like? So that's, it's, or ginger or mustard or anything like that. Because what you're doing is you're teaching yourself how to put, words around what you're experiencing in the glass. That is actually just a beautiful idea just to just to experience like uh experience and also experiment and discover. Mm-hmm. Are you going to slurp? Mm. Uh so there's still lots of tannin. Um the the mouth gives you a little bit more of the fruit to me. Mm-hmm. I'm getting way more fruit. Like I've got lots of that blueberry. Mhm. Um, what is lovely about this is the finish. So we didn't talk too much about the finish. And that is, okay, so it's been, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds since I slurped that wine. And I can still taste it. Yes. And it's still really lovely. And it's really, a, again, a, a lovely expression of what Syrah in France can be. This is gorgeous. Uh, immediately after drinking that sip actually my my saliva glands just went into full gear and I, so now I'm going to take another sip because it, it's almost like they I, I washed out my mouth 
afterwards. It was it was actually very very pleasant. It's almost yeah. like the the um this is there citric acid in there? Right. So th- that's the clue, right? <clears throat> so if when you're trying to figure out how much acid is in a wine. If you start to salivate like that, the acid is high, but this wine is so beautifully balanced that you don't notice that it has high acid. It has high acid because it's just got so much going on. So I think, again, this is a superlative value. Now, this is a 2015, 2013, 2013, um, and each um, vintage will be slightly different, and you'll get more variation in France than you would, say, in California mm-hmm. or even in Canada in the Okanagan. Uh, uh, just because of the various growing regions, is right. that what you mean? In di- different climate, the, the climate is different, so their weather can be quite different year uh, to year. You've got them side by side. Yeah. In our ISO tasting glasses, which are just shy of eight ounces and shaped very much like a tulip. So you can really use any glass you want, but the tulip shape funnels the aroma up to your nose. So there we go. Geek moment aside. swirling, going back and forth here. Oh, yeah. I got coffee right there. So that was on the on the, the Peter Lehman uh, Shiraz. I just stuck my nose in it for the first time after tasting the Crow's Hermitage? I'm so sorry. I can't, that, you can yes. say Gigal. Gigal. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and that was, it was like a blast of coffee. But this is the quintessential difference between New World, Old World in a glass, in two separate glasses, because they're both beautiful wines. Yes, they are. They're both well made. They're relatively comparable price wise. The Crozer Mitage is a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, like five bucks more, right? Yeah, five bucks yeah. more. Um, but <clears throat> completely different beasts. Really different. I'm so surprised because when I tried the second, uh, my first sip was it just tasted slightly softer, lighter, and but but had a lot of similar flavors. And now I can't wait to take another sip of... Mm. They are so different now. I'm blown away. I'm actually completely blown away because to me, I'm I I cannot fathom that these are the same grape right now. And um, they're both. I'm gonna have a really hard time deciding between these two because I love them both. Picture yourself sitting on your deck on a bright, warm day, and you've got a big juicy steak on the grill. Oh, honestly. So I, I'm leaning towards the, the Barossa. The Barossa? Yes. They're I both, they're, they're lovely. And again, if you, you know, you, I mean, all the jokes about the, the shrimps on the Barbie and, and our friends in Oz, but it's, it's just lovely. Uh, so I'm giving you this weird look because um, every time I take a sip of one or the other, I taste way more. So just now I got some lemongrass or something like that. Is that something herbal? Wheel? So look in the herbal section of your wheel. Yes. Uh, I guess it doesn't matter if it's on the wheel. No. I'm tasting but the, it. But if there's a, yeah, exactly. It's, if there is a, an aroma or a flavor, um, like you're reading as lemongrass, I might be reading it as eucalyptus. Yeah. Um, and something I'm, herbaceous. Something herbaceous. So yeah. there is an herbaceous, but, but a very like, pleasant. Actually, it's funny because I just finished saying that I don't have the words for these aromas and these flavors. And I'm like, lemongrass for sure. And it's not even on the wheel. And you don't even think about lemongrass and red wine? But No, not at all. But that was the, uh, the Syrah. Isn't this fun, though? Oh, it's beautiful. 
so I'm not sure if I have a preference. Honestly, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards the Australia the Shiraz, but they're they're. I think I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> and on that happy note, we will pour a couple of glasses for. Uh, Andreas, our, our lovely producer, <laughs> who who quietly um, just does all of the heavy lifting for us. It, this was just, it's so much fun to um, just explore. And sometimes as a, as a consumer, and especially if you're on a limited budget or whatever, really, it's, you don't know where to start. You walk into the store and there are just racks and racks and racks of bottles. And, you know, you, you kind of look around and hope to find someone like you, Ruth, to to guide the way to something that's going to be beautiful and delicious and also not break the bank, right? Absolutely. Um, and I know that a lot of people, too, uh, I'm, I'm less worried about what people think, particularly, but a lot of times when you're going out for dinner somewhere, you want to be um, appropriate or whatever. You want to make sure that you bring a nice bottle and you don't look cheap and you know but it's going to be enjoyable and so it's really really nice to have that 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 go-to person that can give you some decent advice that's tasted it themselves and and experimented with various bottles <laughs> over the years over the years despite your very young age yes i was a child prodigy <clears throat> with wine apparently <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think we're going to wrap up K. Syrah, right. Shiraz, with that that, without so a fun. clear victor because I think they're both really lovely. And I will kind of lean to the Crozer Hermitage um, just because I really enjoy that slightly more elegant style. But... But I think I'm two by four because uh, because the last when we did the rosés, I kind of leaned towards the more robust one also. And if I'm going to lean, I'm probably going to lean. I, I don't know. It's hard. They're they're both gorgeous. I would say you can taste the refinement. You're right in in the um, the Syrah. It's it's a little bit softer and gentler. But I guess I I really enjoy the the sort of slap in the face too. <laughs> We're not drinking that particular wine today. <laughs> there is a punch in the face wine. Is that right? Yes, there is. Because, so you know, 80% of wine is consumed on the day it was purchased and purchased because of the label. So today we have used wine that has, um, especially the Gagal, a very simple label. And the Barossan is actually, I mean, it looks like a leather label, but it's also very simple. So yes. um, trust your local wine expert. And if you don't have a local wine expert, do some reading and figure out what you like. Because, you know, people that love wine will help you make recommendations. And that's really the joy of all of this. Thank God for that. Hooray! <laughs> I'm Ruth Blakely. I'm Caroline Schwabe. Until next time. Thanks for listening.